Welcome to the Master Channel Podcast. I'm Dmitrievna, a Berlin-based music producer, live performer, and an avid supporter of Eastern European culture. Each week, I'll be talking to an interesting musician or a producer on the path to their creative mastery so that you can get inspired for your own journey. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi there, thank you so much for being here. It means a lot to me. I'm really excited to get the show started. My goal is to create a no bullshit platform for artists where we all can get real about our experiences and learn from each other. Hey guys, welcome back to the Master Channel. Today we have a really skilled producer and a DJ called Drum. Drum is from Chicago and has just recently begun to make his work public. Primarily working within techno, Dream's productions draw upon many forgotten or ignored styles, genres, and aesthetics within the history of techno and reinstate them in a contemporary context. His work also prioritizes danceability, which he believes is essential to any proper dance music. And I gotta tell you, I love, I just love this guy's tracks, and I think what we have talked about can be a, of a great value if you have ever been pondering trends, genres, and how to set your own music into context, yet create something fresh and unique. So without further ado, let's dive right into it. Hi Peter, welcome to the show. I'm happy that I have you on. Thank you for having me. So can you share when and why start making music and what has led you to where you are right now? Well, I started um, getting involved with music when I was pretty young, I would say like six, my parents had me in piano lessons. And then um, uh, a few years later, I stopped doing piano lessons, but I had gotten into um, just putting together those little Apple loops in GarageBand and um, making like silly little songs with that. And then eventually I started like, uh, I, I noticed that you could, on some of them, like the MIDI ones, you could drawing your own notes and so I started to uh, come up with my own little compositions that way and this was when I was about 12 and then um, from then on I just kind of got more sophisticated and eventually like um, when I was like 13 or 14 I got logic and I was starting to make like trance music and then, um, well, then I was how, how did you how did you go from <laughs> pianos to trance music? <laughs> oh, it just um, it was I think uh, I um, a friend of mine when I was yeah maybe like eleven told me about this artist called Bass Hunter, <laughs> and um, I looked him up on iTunes and um, and then through some link on iTunes like the link to like the dance genre, it came up to like this page of all like dance music and they had one section that said like trance and progressive and um, I clicked on that and listened to some things and I realized that that was like, at that time that was my favorite. <laughs> okay, well that's that's a pretty young age to, to come to electronic music I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it's kind of unusual too because in America, especially at that point in time, like 2008, 2009, it was like um, just before like the EDM explosion. So dance music was almost like totally dead in the in the States. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And did you, did you have other friends listening to that or you were just like by yourself listening to this um, stuff? 
Yeah, I was pretty much just like on my own listening to this. And um, the only other person that I really got into it was my mom. Wow. And so <laughs> she got into trance music. And uh, actually, one time she introduced me to the song Born Slippy by Underworld. <laughs> Like around wow. the same time, she heard she actually heard it on the radio, like on some station that usually plays like alternative and classic rock. Like they just played Born Slippy one day, and she heard it and was like, "Oh, Peter, you have to check this out. This song is really intense. Like it's really, yeah, it's really techno. Like you would like it." <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing to have. Um, I mean, to have your mom go into that and even recommend you like stuff like this. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I think I just like genetically inherited my taste in music from her or something. <laughs> cool. And so what, what what happened next? You were making those loops or like those little compositions and what what happened next? Um then I I realized like okay, so I'll try making some trance songs and um I came up with stuff that I thought was um I don't know, like enjoyable for me to listen to it. Like it was pretty, um, I don't know, kind of juvenile sounding if I were to go back and listen to it now. But um, eventually I, I don't know how, but uh, I got a copy of like Logic Express and um, I had a really hard time figuring that out. So like, um, I went to the Apple store and <laughs> had went to like the Genius Bar and had them kind of like show me how to do some basic things with it. And um uh like I then I was able to like make some stuff on my own and I think the first track I made was like a copy of another track. Just like I tried to copy it like just make a total facsimile of it, mm -hmm. like the, the, every sound. That's, that's a really great um, practice, though, because like yeah. you will never get the same result, but you will learn like a lot of the techniques how to how you can do stuff. So, oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and so then I started making uh, some more trance tracks, and eventually they got pretty sophisticated, and um, I sent them to. Uh, like a couple, like I sent some like pre-masters to a couple labels and um, I never really got any feedback from them. So I just assumed that, um, I don't know, there was just like something that wasn't like sufficient about them. But then I um, I went back to the Apple store and um, one of the people there like heard a, um, a track I was working on and then started like talking to me like oh like um there's this new music this was like 2011 or so and he was like there's this new music called chill wave that's like <laughs> um really cool you should check out a uh, calm trues and then like that just kind of like started the next stage of uh my music career where I was like trying to make like 80 sounding music and so Yeah, that was a uh, that was like my previous project up until now where I'm starting to make like just pure techno and not like ambient kind of I was never really truly ambient but like more slow stuff. Mhm. Mm 
And what made the change now? Um, I would have to say that what made the change for me was starting college and coming, um, moving out from the suburbs to the city of Chicago. And um, just like I had a friend uh, who was like really um, big on going to gallery shows and openings and like he, he like our freshman year was just like always like going out to something finding out about something and um, like he eventually took me to this one place called Laura um, that was like a gallery event space and uh, it started off with like a like a free jazz set like this band just sort of like banging on their instruments and like my friend was really into it I was just like just kind of like going along with it and then all of a sudden like they just started playing like house music and I immediately like got up and started dancing and from then on like I like started finding out more and more about these like DIY spots that would play you know like techno and house music and they were like um you know, underground illicit parties. So I didn't, I wasn't like getting carded at that time so I could go in there and dance. And um, then I realized that like, yeah, like um, Vaporwave, Chillwave, all that stuff is like, this was like 2016 and I realized at that point that that stuff had become kind of irrelevant and that like dance music was actually what was really relevant and um, I was honestly kind of glad about that because uh, I had always liked dancing and dance music, so I just decided, yeah, that's what I'm going to make now. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. Like you, you went through different phases. Um, it's always a question of like what, you know, because because I always want to feel like I'm I'm doing something. Uh, yeah, that's really close to my heart, but at the same time, it's really hard mm -hmm. not to get. Um, I don't know, like not to be part of the trend and be like, well, maybe this is the trend and I actually like it and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like trend hopping is like trend hopping for the sake of trend hopping is kind of, I mean, obviously that's not admirable, but uh, when you kind of like really like when it really vibrates with you, when it really... Um, I never sounds with you and you feel like oh like I understand this like I know what this is about like this really speaks to me I feel like then that's a um, legitimate reason to join it but then I feel like there's always the risk of it like dying out and becoming irrelevant and you're stuck with this interest that uh, on the outside doesn't really have much relevancy but it's it still might be relevant to you so I don't know like sometimes you're lucky and you get sick of it and you move on to something else or sometimes you just stay with it yeah I feel like um that's what happened to a lot of people in the UK who are making um like dubstep they all they all are making yeah. techno right now <laughs> yeah no dubstep was like uh like 2004 was like that like underground like really uh like cool music and it sounded totally different than 
the dubstep that blew up it was like yeah yeah, yeah. of course like yeah like two-step and dub music <laughs> yeah and and i mean it's the question of whether like um you know those people that moved on to techno just did it so that they can continue in their careers or they just you know like the new fresh stuff like you'll never know but i guess both reasons are um they're okay <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know because at the same time when i like uh converted over to techno i i'd say that i wasn't um i i haven't really been like totally on trend like it's it's techno music but it's not like totally the styles that are like really established and um popular at the moment like i'm more into i would say like i've always been into this style of techno called hard groove which is like um made up of a lot of like sampled drum loops like hand drum loops and um uh, like shakers and conga drums stuff like that and it isn't really made up so much of drum machine patterns it's more it's mostly just like these loops layered over each other over a kick drum and um i, I think that jeff mills was the one who kind of like brought this style into techno like he was doing some of the first stuff and then it like like evolved from that into like hard groove and then eventually like shrants and like the really like doosh, 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 like the really like intense uh like fast loopy techno that's really distorted um yeah but uh i'd say that i'm sort of a little more in like the like 130s 140s uh mm -hmm. side of that yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've I've never heard of this uh, hard groove thing. I gotta educate myself, but I I guess it's um, um, it's just, I mean, it's so hard to describe certain things in music, and I guess this is more of yeah. like a, uh, of like a flavor of something, not necessarily right. like a like instrument choice. Yeah, I it was very um, it was actually sort of like the popular techno sound around like. The early 2000s like this is what like all the big names were making and then like 2004 they all transitioned to like minimal like slow mm -hmm, techno yeah. and now it's like like slightly faster and slightly more intense it's like longer kick drums and like more reverb <laughs> mm. well you say that danceability is important to any kind of proper dance music in your bio what makes you stress that have you been to parties where like it was really hard to dance to music um yeah i'd say i've been to uh quite a few parties where uh it, it is kind of hard to dance to the music because um i would say that it's kind of a symptom of the underground scene being so connected to experimental music and sometimes it's like you'll have like dance acts alongside these experimental acts and like i don't know some sometimes it just doesn't like there might be like a um like a continuous aesthetic but like in the the ordering of the different acts throughout the night they're sometimes will just be like these gaps where the music 
is danceable and then other times when the music just kind of gets like very unquantized and the rhythms like stop being rhythmic and just become textural Mm -hmm. and um, yeah I would say that like you like you when that comes along like you're dancing and then all of a sudden you're like you're like kind of like forcing your body to move like to something that it doesn't really want to move to Mm -hmm. and um I don't know like I've had like better experiences where like the whole night it's like they'll start off with like slower dance music and then like they'll like ramp it up and make it really like fast and intense like say around like I don't know three in the morning when like the the venue's packed and then like taper it off but um yeah uh like shows in uh in chicago are nowhere near like on the level of berlin where it's like like the peak time is like i don't know like the party's going on for like a day here it's like it ends at like five in the morning yeah yeah i was i was i was like smiling when you were saying like when it's packed at three because <laughs> uh um, yeah like th- three... in berlin that's when like people are like showing up yeah exactly <laughs> it's like when yeah when like like the party like the proper party starts at four basically i think so yeah 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 but and and that's that's like at venues that are um that have like um you know just one day of a party if it's like the, the club mm-hmm. the club is going off for two days then you know it's like people come like like after breakfast you know so <laughs> yeah I've, I went to Berlin um this past uh winter and I got to see some of that firsthand it was yeah it was intense it was like a ordeal like uh spending like 11 hours in a club just dancing pretty that was like a, a good workout <laughs> The thing about Berlin is like I haven't I didn't really experience too many like DIY parties there or like um, like illegal stuff because it seemed like like Germans were so like anal about like noise like like noise complaints like I was like hearing someone tell me about how like you can only use certain appliances like during certain hours of the afternoon like because otherwise like the noise would bother the neighbors and it's like like if you if like a dishwasher is gonna bother like someone downstairs then like how do you like throw like a techno party that's with like really loud music in like your apartment or your loft or something it's usually um it's usually not happening in in the flats um usually if there's an underground party uh, it's at some space of like you know it's something like industrial something more industrial or it's outside or you know there's yeah. like a different space like no no one's throwing parties at home I've been like to one but um, that's been like a big exception and it got really steamy in there because like the windows had to be super isolated <laughs> yeah yeah um, so yeah people are just doing like after hours and there's like because there's so much so there's so many options where to go out like people don't put effort into making like DIY parties um mm-hmm. there's just there's just places to do it and there there are no laws that would be uh 
like telling you when you have to stop the party or something as that is probably the case in the US and many other countries so yeah. it's just like yeah if you have the space you can throw a party um, and yeah I think I mean in the beginning it was like that in the 90s like because the East East Berlin got freed right. up there were a lot of free spaces where you could do anything and there like it was no one's property and then it just got established and now it's a complete industry and yeah. you know the, the city of Berlin is profiting like so much on it and um, I just don't understand why why like in other countries the government doesn't see the potential benefit of, of uh, like letting that happen probably because they just haven't experienced it and Berlin was like in a very um I don't know like rare like a very chance position where they you know like had the Berlin Wall fall and this like movement of people just squatting in um like old factories and power plants and just like then all of a sudden, like, those just became, like, established legal clubs now. So, like, um, I guess they, like, other countries haven't had that weird situation where it's, like, like, the illegal just organically becomes legal. Mm, I see, yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Well, but you were, um, you're also throwing some events and parties. Um, right. How did that change your perspective on everything? Um, it just made me see that, uh, more that like people sometimes will just like, uh, sometimes they'll just like be in a situation where they're partying and they just will kind of try to dance to whatever's being played. But it also made me see that like, like when people hear stuff that they like or that is really danceable to them, like you can, you can just tell by like, the dance floor getting packed and like people um like really getting involved in dancing rather than just like you know like going off to a corner talking to their friends like doing drugs like stuff like that like you can tell when people are getting involved and um also just like the logistics of throwing an event kind of teach you a lot about um just how to like handle stress and like just th random things going wrong and uh yeah it kind of I don't know it just toughens you up in that way but I would say that uh like learning about like how to put like how to order different acts one after the other is, is also something that you learn from that Hmm, interesting. And has that impacted um, the way how you produce and how you DJ as well? Um, I would say that I've kind of, I don't know, I would say that um, with producing, it kind of made me see that, uh, like, uh, so, like, depending on your DJ style, like, um, the tracks that you make, uh, if like the DJ is not really doing much to, like the way I DJ is I just um, blend songs together and I don't really like alter the song too much while it's playing. I'm like trying to do like longer overlays so that um, like the, 
like you get more more uh time when the songs are like overlapping each other because i like how that sounds um but some djs will just like really like tweak a song while it's playing and like like they'll take like a very repetitive and kind of static song and make it very interesting by like filtering it and applying effects and maybe using like cue points to chop it up and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I realized that like, um, like sometimes your music has to anticipate what like a DJ is going to do. Like, like a lot of techno I've heard where it is very repetitive and static. I feel like is anticipating that like the DJ is going to be filtering this or like mixing this into another track. And so, um, they don't really have to do too much to add, to have like dynamics in the song already. But, um, I've found that like, I, I do kind of like to include those dynamics in the song because I feel like, um, we're also at this point where like, with SoundCloud, like people are listening to individual tracks as well as tracks in mixes. So I feel like you kind of want um, a track where like people can maybe sit through all of it, just like, like sit through listening to a club mix. Mm -hmm. So is that your strategy to like, um, I don't know, to, to, pro to promote yourself through your tracks in order to... I don't know, get yourself out there also as a DJ or your like what what is your what is your goal right now? Um my I would say that my goal is just to um do what I'm doing and see I'm really at this point where I like this project that I'm starting is very fresh and um I'm not really sure all that it's capable of, but I'm I'm trying to at least with production um, like make it into something that I like I'm, I'm trying to build up a discography that I feel is solid and with DJing I feel like um, at this point it's something where uh, I don't know if it's the focus of my career but um, maybe later on once I'm out of school I'll make it into more of a crucial part of my career like be doing more shows playing out more uh at the moment i'm i'm still a student so that can be hectic to coordinate with your schedule i see yeah and wh what are you studying um i'm actually studying sonic art <laughs> okay which is it's it's basically like um kind of like very experimental music um it's very yeah, I would say I would say like a lot of it is still in this stage where it's like trying to do something like music but um I don't know I with that I um have been experimenting with doing stuff that's more uh cognitive and less about like aesthetic appreciation mm Yeah, I feel like a lot of music right now is about the aesthetic appreciation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even Absolutely. like the experimental stuff, definitely. It's yeah. all like, like even experimental, like 
atonal music has like trends and sounds and tropes and everything. You are soon going to release an EP on DJ Speedsick. Speed Six label Snake Eyes and Sense. Uh, is yes. there is there anything you have learned from the process of making and releasing this album? Um, well, the making was uh, something that was a bit more. It was a bit different for me. It was a bit uh, a, a production method that I hadn't really done before. What I would do was I would record a. Um, a jam on just a synthesizer by itself and um, I would record that and then chop it so that it would like fit with time signatures like you know like certain events would come in at like um, I don't know like a certain number of bars and then um, once I had that arranged I would then add the beats the drums underneath it and make the track that way um so it was some so it was a bit like uh the like the stuff that I was doing like programming out in the computer like meticulously was following something that I had done Im improvised like um yeah that was that was something that I hadn't really done before and it, I think it turned out pretty well it actually sounded like like everything was pretty deliberate um and then releasing it I would say that um I don't know like I I guess like it kind of made me learn a little like um DJ Speeds it was is like taking care of on um, The distribution and has like uh, his own um, I don't know how to say like he has his own method for that and um, I'm gonna I'm just letting him uh, do that the way he wants because like it's it's his label and uh, like I understand his vision but um like I was surprised that he would he was even like interested in the music in the first place because I thought that it was a bit different than the kind of techno he was making. But I don't know, I've, um, a couple of tracks from the release were played on um, one of Miley Sirius's Rinse FM sets. So I don't know, like I, I was satisfied with the release, but um, with the tracks, but I guess it, what surprised me was that other people um, had similar reactions that's always a thing with making music you don't know if like your tastes are going to appear in other people i know what you mean but like when yeah. i was when i was listening to your stuff on soundcloud um it's definitely something that that you hear in like more underground techno parties in berlin like this mm. this would like be popping like everyone would be going crazy into your music like <laughs> i swear like so You know, your music, even though it might be a bit off the mainstream, is definitely something that the younger generation of people who are into techno is right now like currently listening to, you know. So uh, yeah, you you have like commercial potential, don't worry. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I'm just like at this point, um, 
I would say that at this point, like, uh, the money, like, making money from it isn't so much an issue. I just kind of want to, like, put something out and um, uh, see how people respond to it. Uh, I'm really interested in, like, just seeing how movements or um, trends at this point, like, how they work out and, like, like what it's like to be involved in one because I feel like there is sort of a new techno trend um, that's in a nascent stage right now and I'd say that like DJ Speedsick and um, DJ Loser and uh, a lot of people off like live adult entertainment and um, other labels like uh, Virus Crew are like pushing this new like fast distorted techno which I, I feel like is, in some ways it's a response to like slow distorted techno but um I don't know like it's just like what I'm doing at this point is just kind of like watching this and seeing like so like what's what's happening like what's what's the next thing like am I going to see this stuff like show up on resident advisor all of a sudden um you know like just like stuff like that I feel like it's kind of like like you're following like a news story as it's happening in real time like like you're paying attention to current events and I don't know that's at this point I'm not really in like in a a place where I'm like critiquing I, I think I'm just like watching it mm -hmm. as it oh. unfolds that's an interesting perspective. Um, well, there's, you know, I feel like um, with Lo-Fi House, it, I feel like the, the people who got popular with their Lo-Fi House productions, I mean, mm -hmm. they are now DJing big festivals, but they are DJing <laughs> house music and not Lo-Fi House music most of the time because lo-fi house music just sounds horrible in a club or like on a big speaker because it's so distorted and like <laughs> um yeah it's just not polished enough and just hurts your ears i feel um or like yeah i've been to like one lo-fi house party in berlin and it uh, for me it was okay but that's um i think that's the reason why it's not really being played out it's more of a thing you listen to on youtube when you're like when you're just with friends it's not something that's happening yeah. in the club um, and I feel that that may be similar to this noisy techno, like it's, it may, it may get popular and really trendy, but like, I'm sure if I would be listening to DJ Speedsick in a club for 10 hours, I would like, I would have tinnitus for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he is a noise artist, so like he definitely comes from like that scene of like you know, just playing harsh, brutal sounds very loudly and maybe damaging the audience's <laughs> eardrums. <clears throat> but I mean, like, that's all part of, like, the, the vibe is just, like, damage, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like getting damaged by lo-fi house music is a little <laughs> more comical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... It's not happening anyway, so yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, what is the best advice someone gave you in regards to creative life or music? 
Ooh, um, that's difficult because I feel like uh, everyone's just like giving you advice in kind of um, disguised ways and kind of subtle ways. And if I've gleaned anything from what people have told me, I would say that um, what people really like is, I would say that like people like to be surprised or like pleasantly surprised by music. Like I feel like um, people will respect music more when it just like does something that they didn't expect, when it sort of breaks a cliche or something. Mm -hmm. um, when you come into it expecting it to be like, oh, this is just gonna be like this, this other shit that's out there. And then you listen to it and it's like something that you would have never expected. Um, even if it's something that you're not into, it could just that moment of surprise makes you feel like, oh, this artist has done something clever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I feel like that's something I've kind of picked up on. It's so hard to achieve that, though, because you don't yeah. know the background <laughs> of your audience at all. So it's like uh, it's luck if, 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 you, if it happens. Yeah, it's almost like you have to study music as if it's like this language and you're trying to say, like you're trying to like understand what all these, you know, genres and aesthetics mean and then how to like come up with something that uh, like contrasts what's already there is, I mean, I feel like, like that's kind of what's guiding my production a little bit. Um, trying to have some like contrast but like have it be have, like have it contrast the music that's out there but also make sense alongside it um it's a difficult it's a difficult thing to pull off yeah i think everyone's struggling with that to make something that is um that people can still understand but something that's original and that they haven't heard yet and like balancing right. that out is so hard oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, you either end up unoriginal or too weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or just like you could end up like uh, doing something that's kind of like, like, oh, this isn't that cool. I mean, like, I feel like that's a major concern of myself and a lot of other artists. Like, like, oh, this is this music even like, like, forget about it being like, likable like is it just like cool is it like or is it kind of cringy <laughs> mm. yeah that's always so subjective but I feel what has been guiding me like I know that I am capable of, of doing something that like some of my techno peers would really like and they would be mm -hmm. like oh that's really cool techno but I know that um, that's just not me and that I'm yeah. tr I'm trying to fulfill like some of my childhood uh, fantasy of making mm -hmm. like tattoo or the prodigy kind of music and and yeah. yeah until and then like if I do something else um, that's like I just there's this voice of like these people would be really impressed by this and then I'm like no that's why I can't do this. You know, because mm. I, I feel like I have to impress myself um, and feel like I'm really connected to my music. And even though oh, I, definitely. even though like I, I like so many things and 
you know, like, even though I like even hip hop or uh, really sweet pop music, I, mm-hmm. I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I feel that way about other things as well. Like other genres, I think that it's like you can respect it kind of from the sidelines, but you don't really know if you could participate in it. There's, it, there's like certain things that you just know, like this is like the music I'm meant to be making. Okay, I have the last question for you. Okay. Uh, it's another question about advice. Um, okay. Imagine like you're seven or how old were you when you started with piano? Like around that yeah, age. like six, okay, something like that. Imagine you're six. Um, what advice would you give to your six-year-old self? Um, I would probably say something like just maybe I would have convinced myself to keep playing piano because I feel like I would just I like even now I would still love to have like the skill of being able to like play a piano, like perform an instrument like classically um i don't know i feel like something about that is uh just gives you like a feeling that you have this asset otherwise i would say that like um when i think about it like i uh like the stuff like the stages i went through in making music kind of makes sense to me and i feel like I'm kind of at a point where like everything I've done has like kind of helped me get to this point and I don't even know if like I would I can't really think where I would want to make changes. Mm-hmm. No regrets. Um, <laughs> I I don't know. I mean like there's maybe I regret some of the vaporwave chillwave stuff, but I feel like at some like at the same time like some of that music was really beautiful and <laughs> and I feel like I just kind of um am glad that I had made those things just because um just because like it helped me deal with certain emotions and like really like helped me preserve those emotions do you feel like techno is still a way how to express your emotions Um, I feel, okay, yeah, I feel like techno is a, maybe a less emotive kind of music because it's, um, it's not, it's not always melodic, and, um, for that reason, I feel like it's more somatic and, like, a more primal sense. It's more about, like, like, sensation more than emotion. Like, it's more about, like, bodily sensation than it is about, like, you know, like, like this emotion deep inside of you like um so maybe like maybe if i like transitioned more towards like tech trance uh i might be able to get some emotion back into it but i i guess i would have to do that when i feel the time is right all right well thank you so much for the interview um thank you for was, having me <laughs> it was interesting to see some of your points and um yeah so what's next you're releasing the ep uh when is that happening um we i guess i'll uh talk to speed six soon and we'll discuss it <laughs> maybe um because like the way the release is working it's like the tapes are only going to be available 
through like uh speed sick and i like like seeing us in person and asking for a tape mm-hmm. that's how you get one um otherwise uh i think we'll have some tracks online mm-hmm. um in the coming weeks so um i think that's how most people are going to hear it and maybe i can uh I don't know. Hopefully, there might be a way to download the tracks or get them digitally, but I'll see. Okay. Well, I'm going to be looking forward to that. And till then, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. All the best to you, too. So, guys, that was it. Yes, that was it from my talk with Drum. And I hope you have found value in the things we've been talking about. And now you can listen to a fucking bomb track from him called Atacama. Atacama.